It's Thursday, December 22nd, 2022, three days till Christmas. I'm your host, pastor and author, Jonathan Shirk, and this is Small Town Theologian, a weekly show bringing you comforting truths from scripture and confessional reform theology from my walk-in closet in Mannheim, PA. Please consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, nine more and I reach my goal of 50. May your life be shaped by what you learn great when listeners review the show on Apple Podcasts. One listener left this thoughtful and kind review, quote, first of all, I appreciate creators who put in the time to develop a quality podcast, especially as someone who is able to listen all day at work. It's obvious that Jonathan has a good grasp of the Heidelberg Catechism, which makes for a richly educational show, and yet he manages to pack each episode into 10 minutes or less. Unlike most of my previous education, learning more about the Catechism and Creeds is changing and stretching and growing me in ways I knew I needed. I'm excited for each new episode and sad that soon I will have listened through the entire backlog. Maybe at that point, I'll just go back to the beginning, end quote. Thank you, listener, for those kind words. What do Ferdinand Damara, the Church, and Belgic Confession, Article 29, have in common? I'll try to explain. Have you heard the name Ferdinand Damara? He was perhaps the greatest imposter ever. He dropped out of high school, ran away, and became a monk. He went AWOL from the Army and Navy. As an imposter, he was a college instructor, prison warden, law student, and more. This part is really amazing. Damara stole a doctor's credentials and posed as a Royal Canadian Navy surgeon. On one occasion, Damara extracted a bullet lodged near the heart of a wounded soldier. He used a medical textbook as his guide. He was eventually exposed as a fraud. We should differentiate between the visible and invisible church. The visible church is exactly that, visible. You can see it. The visible church is composed of all those who outwardly confess Christ and their covenant children. And within the visible church are imposters like Ferdinand Damara. Uh, Though in many cases imperceptible, imposters coexist with true believers in the visible church. The invisible church, on the other hand, is composed of all true believers. Scripture calls them the elect. Think about God's covenant of grace. Pre-incarnation, the covenant of grace was administered to God's covenant people, infants included, by promises, prophecies, scripture, uh, sacrifices, circumcision, the paschal lamb, and other types and ordinances delivered to the people of the Jews, all pointing to Christ to come. There were imposters among God's covenant people, yet they were external participants in the covenant of grace. They received gracious gifts from God within the church, yet they never truly believed. Today, post-resurrection, the covenant of grace is administered to God's covenant people, infants are still included, by the preaching of the law and gospel and the administration of the sacraments. Same covenant of grace, different administration. There are still imposters among God's covenant people who are external participants of the covenant of grace. They hear the word and receive the sacraments, but not unto their blessing, rather unto their condemnation because they do not truly believe. Only those members of the invisible church, internal recipients of God's covenant of grace in Christ, those who receive the word and sacraments by faith, truly benefit and receive the grace promised in the word and sacraments. No faith, no benefits. True faith, true reception of grace. The point is, all those in the visible church receive God's means of grace, 
Yet only the invisible church, only internal participants, think faith, of the covenant of grace actually receive God's grace. Here's where Belgic Confession Article 29 comes in. It says, as we heard last week, quote, We are not speaking here of the company of hypocrites who are mixed among the good in the church and who nonetheless are not part of it, even though they are physically there. But we are speaking of distinguishing the body and fellowship of the true church from all sects that call themselves the church, end quote. Okay, when we think about the marks of the true church, we're not talking about the imposters mixed in with true believers in the visible church. People can belong to the visible kingdom of Christ in the church while not actually belonging to Christ himself. That's to be ex expected as scripture reveals. Article 29 teaches us how to distinguish between the true church and the false church. Think about all the different groups that call themselves the church, Roman, Lutheran, Reformed, Presbyterian, Anabaptist, Anglican, Methodist, and more. This is what Article 29 means by all sects. They all claim to be the church. How do we know they are the true church and not a spin-off, cult, or false church? False churches are groups of people who confess Christ but hold to doctrines and practices which deviate from Scripture, rightly interpreted Scripture, a true church is so much more than a body of people declaring themselves a church. For example, in San Francisco, California, there's a group of people who call themselves Her Church. They worship at 10.30 a.m. on Sundays. They are part of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, and they worship goddesses together. They sing worship songs containing lyrics like, quote, Our mother who is within us, we celebrate your many names, end quote. They celebrate LGBTQIA plus ideology, and their former associate pastor is transgender. Transgender. Are they a church because they self-identify as one? Matt Walsh asks the question, what is a woman? I'd like to ask, what is a church? Her church is an extreme example, but within evangelical Christianity in America and the world, many false churches, from big assemblies to home groups, simply masquerade under the guise of church. Dear listeners, how can you tell if you belong to a true church? How should you begin to think through that question? I think many people take such pride in being Lutheran, Presbyterian, Methodist, etc., that they care more about their affiliation with their chosen sect or local church than they do about the marks of a true church and whether they belong to a true church. In these cases, loyalty can be a facade for idolatry and unbelief. And how do we know what a true church is when so many local churches claim to be Bible-believing churches? Daniel Hyde gave us something helpful to consider in his book, With Heart and Mouth. He wrote, quote, All these multitudes of churches say that they follow the Bible, are Christian, and practice biblical Christianity. The wisdom of the day is finding a church is that you should attend a Bible-believing church. The problem is that everyone describes his local church this way. Christians are taught that they can choose a church based on their personal preference. Some like traditional churches, while some like contemporary, some like one kind, and some like another. We are told that whichever church best serves the needs of a family is the church one should attend, end quote. 
I think Daniel is exactly right. And this is sad because as many people choose a local church, they choose according to their preferences and not according to God's word. Many people never stop to ask, is this a true and faithful church? Is this a local church that bears the marks of a true church? Instead, they just look for a busy youth group, social outreach, a great band, or the like. They do much better choosing a church based on the marks of a true church. If there is one thing we need in evangelical Christianity in America, it is this, the discernment to tell a true church from a false church. We need to know the marks of a true church, and we need to belong to a true church for our temporal and eternal well-being. So next time, let's begin to unpack the marks of a true church in order to belong to one, in order to receive God's means of grace for our eternal good, and in order to best love God and our neighbor. Hey, y'all. It's almost Christmas. I love it. Cold weather. Snow is on the way. Excited to do this Christmas thing. And hey, I don't really ask for money uh, to support the show, but I do ask you to support the show by buying... Uh, predestined for joy in the Heidelberg Catechism on Amazon. Would you check those resources out? Buy a copy, give it as a Christmas gift. Thanks for considering. 